This should be played at high volume. Live and local, this is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Finally time for the world-famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you ready? You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. And welcome everyone to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, two hours a nonstop sports talk. And after two weeks away, beautiful people, it's a great feeling to be back inside, live and in living color, inside the game studios. Excuse me, let me kind of do that right. Let me try that one more time and say, Finally, the world-famous CD has come back to the game studios. Not much has changed, and honestly, I think that's a good thing. Hopefully, you're having a great one. If you want to call in and get in on the conversation about anything going on in the world of sports, 337-706-0111 is the number to call. And trust me, we got a lot to get to over the next two hours. Load up with a little bit more guests than usual for the third straight week. It feels like I'm getting three guests. Maybe that won't be a recurring thing, but trust me, there's still plenty of time for you to get in on the conversation. Again, 337-706-0111. Appreciate you listening in however you're doing. So be it through, you know, the Tower of Power or the Towers of Power. 1037 in Lafayette and also 1041 in Lake Charles. Shout out to Lake Charles, by the way. They put together a great event. Last weekend, that this is home festival. Great to be out and about with the people. But it's great to also be back inside the game studios. And I want to get down to brass tacks here because I want to continue the conversation about the Saints to open up this program. Because I think we can all agree that maybe it's not the right time for one person to decide to come out of retirement. And that's the root of what's causing all this on a Louisiana Saturday morning. So let's get down to it with your Saturday Sports Sermon. The famous CD is on his soapbox to start your Saturday. Oh, testify! It's time for your Saturday Sports Sermon. Far be it from me to tell somebody what to do with their lives, because I'm not that kind of guy. Because trust me, I've got some things I need to kind of fix in my life. So I'm not going to waste much time because there's a ton to get to over the next two hours. But you can consider this an open letter to one person and one person only, and that's Andrew Christopher Breeze. Some might know him as Drew Breeze. Some might know him as number nine on the program number one in your hearts. Drew Breeze, former Saints quarterback. 
So, Drew, if you're out there listening, or if somebody knows Drew Brees and they're listening, somehow, some way, they're listening in on this show, be it through the app, the .com, maybe even Drew Brees could be driving around, making his way towards Texas. Who knows? Please, for all that is holy, please stay home. Stay away. Don't come out of retirement. Seriously, just don't do it. Don't pull a Brett Favre and come out of retirement for one more run, especially with this New Orleans Saints team. I understand. You see, ooh, bright and shiny new toys and, you know, Honey Badger. You've got Jarvis Juice Landry. Who knows? Maybe Darrell Williams, OBJ. All these guys could come on over, and it becomes LSU South as it should be, where LSU and the Saints kind of commingled. The forbidden door has been open since Sean Payton retired. For LSU players to come on over. This team, I think we can all agree, looks like a team that is too big to fail. A phrase we've heard all too many times. He is that phrase being used in conversation doesn't always mean that well, history-wise. Go look back at 2008. Everybody was talking about the housing market was, quote-unquote, too big to fail. And then you have the market collapse like Joe Burrow's pocket during his rookie season with Cincinnati. I can understand the appeal of coming back, but if you're Drew Brees, do you really want to risk your health after everything you had dealt with over the last two years in the league? I feel like that guy dealt with more injuries than Jackie Chan dealt with injuries throughout his entire acting career. Seriously, go look it up. He went through so much. We know about his injury history, how his shoulder was pretty much shot to hell after the Bucks playoff game, or during the Bucks playoff game, I should say. And we hear all the stuff about all the injuries he was dealing with during his last season that he kind of kept under wraps. How many more did he have that were kept, as I said, under wraps? That's kind of the million-dollar question I think everybody's going to be asking about Drew Brees. And I know he probably said it a lot in jest, but you got to think that somebody like this would know not to even consider, like in a realistic sense, coming back and putting on the purple, the black and gold one more time, it started to feel more like purple and gold with all the former players coming over. How can he handle a 17 game season after spending this much time away from the game? Tom Brady spent about four weeks away and came back and is looking to be poised to have one more run in him. Father Time is undefeated. And I think Tom Brady is going to realize that. And Breeze needs to realize that too. Father Time's undefeated. And he's just going to have to realize that you've got to get out of this game while you still have the bulk of your health. I really hope Breeze was joking around with the prospect of coming out of retirement. Maybe go play some pickleball. I don't know if that's necessarily what you want to do. But I think playing pickleball might be better suited for you rather than going ahead and Maybe ruining your legacy a lot like one Brett Favre did. Because I think Favre honestly ruined his legacy because he was a lifelong Packers player. He was the face of that franchise. He goes over to New York and plays for the Jets, which was a mistake. Then he goes playing for the Vikings for a couple years. He gets his ankle turned purple. The next thing you know, he's retired after controversy about some pictures being sent through text messages or I believe his email, whatever it was. It was 2010, so the pictures may not have been all that great quality. 
This isn't pro wrestling where you can change your style and still go for another 10 to 15 years or 25 if you're one Ric Flair. This is a sport that chews up people and spits people out. I think Breeze knows that. He should, keyword should, know better. Was he the best analyst or commentator for NBC? No, and I don't think so. Absolutely not. But he at least tried. He put forth some effort. Who's to say Tom Brady is going to be the next Troy Aikman on commentary? Or could he be the next Dennis Miller on commentary? Could he be the next, like, Charles Davis? Could he be the next this guy? We don't know. But I think he's going to be coached up by guys like Jim Gray and who he's going to be teaming with on Fox. Hell, you had Breeze. Rumors are, I saw Andrew Marshawn brought this up, that he's potentially going to be the number two guy on Fox this season, which is interesting because, again, the Saints are slated for a lot of noon games, and the number two guy typically is your noon kickoffs. So who's to say Drew Brees could be doing color color commentary for Saints games on Fox? It's a conversation I think we're all going to be trying to find out and figure out what's going to happen. With the world of commentary for one Drew Brees. I think that's the biggest reason why this is even being bandied about at this point in time. Because the New Orleans Saints know that they've got a team set up for a playoff run. I said last week, 12-5 and I think is the bar, is where I set the bar right here, right now. And I'm almost certain they can do just that. This time, next next season, they can do this and get to twelve and five with everything they have in place. Because again, this team is pushing all their chips into the center of the table, and they want to make a statement. And that statement is, wait for it, they want to make a run. They're seeing what the Los Angeles Rams did last season and have a super team. They want that. They have been itching. For a championship. Can they do it with Dennis Allen and crew? We're going to see how they mesh together. But this super friends group. It's looking pretty good. And yeah the draft class that they put together. It's impressive. But please. Drew Brees. Either stay home. Stay away from playing the game. And if you want to stay in the game. If commentary doesn't work out. Be a coach or an analyst on a staff. Even if it's the Saints, great. That's Lanyap or Lanyap, depending on what part of the interstate you're from. Depending on what side of the interstate you're on. Let him be a coach or an analyst on this staff and help groom Jameis Winston or any other future quarterbacks in the other 31 teams in the league that will be coming through down the pike because I think they would love to have somebody like a Drew Brees helping them get better, helping them learn the game and develop and become somebody akin to Drew Brees. I guarantee you, learning how to do the Drew Brees leap properly, that alone is probably worth its weight in bleeping gold. I'm telling you, this is the way that this team, this guy needs to go, is focus more on commentating or being a coach because his days of being a player are so far behind it's well past time for him to kind of realize that. Hell, I mean, we see Michael Vick 
coming out of retirement, 41 years old, going to play for the fan-controlled football league. Even if he did that, I'd be like, no, no, Drew, stay your ass home. That This isn't what you need to do. And I'm sure his wife and his kids don't want to see him play for a lesser league, like the fan-controlled football league. Hell, even the XFL in 2023. As much as I love the XFL, I'm almost certain they're not going to let him play in that league. The only league he's going to play in has three letters, and they're NFL. And that's the bottom line there for me on your Saturday. Before we take a quick timeout, though, let me tell you, we got some great stuff coming up, including Downtown Rising June the 4th, just a few short weeks away. And we want to upgrade your experience for Downtown Rising with the ultimate VIP experience at Downtown Rising. You can score a pair of VIP passes plus a chance to meet the Cold War kids. All you have to do is sign up in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to win VIP passes for Downtown Rising featuring Cold War kids again on Saturday, June 1st, June 4th. Excuse me, June 4th. So in about two or three weeks from now, that's when that's going down. The Ultimate Downtown Rising VIP experience is presented by Social Entertainment, Raider Solutions, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Go ahead and take a quick timeout. When we come back, we're going to get into some LSU and Cajuns baseball talk because we're getting into literally the crunch time of all crunch times. Headed into the conference tournament, where do these two teams stand? We'll get to that and more next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. This is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're listening to Under the Dome with CD. Who is the world-famous CD, really? Whatever you think, when you think sports radio, he's the exact opposite. Yes, I will do the opposite. Let's get back to Under the Dome with CD before he starts acting like Costanza. George is getting upset! On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And if you want to see the Astros in person, then you need to absolutely listen to what I'm telling you right now. Because we've got your chance to see the Astros take on the Chicago White Sox with our latest Astros Weekend Getaway. That's right. June 18th, you can be there to see the Astros take on a pretty decent Chicago White Sox team. You can sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday night's action. And trust me, you want to see the Astros live and in living color. It is a really great experience. It's been a long time since I've been there. But you can be there because I can't win this thing. Only you can. It's like preventing forest fires. Only you can win this prize. Us here at the game and all of Delta Media, we can't win this, but you sure as heck can. So make sure you get in on the Astros Weekend Getaways, which are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, Love Meridian Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We have Cam Rogers. He'll be coming on in about nine minutes. We're going to talk some PGA Championship, but in the meantime and in between time, I want to talk about 
some of the stuff going on with LSU and Cajuns baseball as we head into the conference tournaments next week. How much of that gets played? How much of that gets rearranged is anybody's guess because I was checking out the weather out in Hoover, Alabama. And Tuesday through Thursday, there is a good bit of rain and thunderstorms in the forecast. Again, this could all change. But again, it's a tradition unlike any other games for the SEC tournament being delayed and pushed back. And same kind of thing with the tournament out in Montgomery, Alabama, which is not too far from there. Maybe you know some of the Cajuns players could spend some time at the flea market in Montgomery. It's just like a mini mall. Did you know that? So let's get into some LSU stuff first. Because during the final years of the Palmineri era, I mentioned here on this show many a time how this team was missing some of that fire some from some of those more successful teams, comparatively speaking. And when things got too tough, it felt like, keyword, felt like to me, they packed it in, couldn't get it done when it mattered the most. I can say the exact opposite for this Jay Johnson team. They've gone oppo. They've changed their mindset, and it's impressive to see what Jay Johnson's done in year one, more so just the fact that they continue to answer the bell. And this isn't the issue with the team at all. Again, I think the rotation is going to take this team as far as they can, but there's no guarantee that they are a regional host. They have every chance to do so and improve their resume later today with a win over Vanderbilt. But that's a conversation we'll have in a few few moments. Because they could have just phoned it in after getting swept by Ole Miss last weekend. And losing Ole Miss and getting swept by them, that was a big gut punch. Because that's a game you should have won. This is was a middle-of-the-road Ole Miss team. And now Ole Miss could very well have a shot at getting into the NCAA college baseball tournament because of that. Because that magic number that they usually kind of hover around is about 14. 14 wins the SEC, that could punch your ticket to any regional in the country. Who's to say they could host? It's definitely a very, very outside shot. But LSU could have just turned their focus towards the SEC tournament, a.k.a. the LSU Invitational in the Paul Manera years. I don't know how it's going to be in the Jay Johnson era, but hopefully it's more the same. But they didn't, based off the last two nights against Vanderbilt. They they clinch a series against Vandy. And yes, this Vanderbilt team, and you heard me say it last week, this isn't your slightly older brother's Vanderbilt team. But they're still good. It's a top it was a top twenty showdown. You have a top twenty showdown, I don't care what you did the weekend before. That's like it doesn't cure all the ills of that series sweep loss, but it helps your resume out tremendously, especially if you win later today. If you had that sweep against Vandy, it's a good step in the right direction. And I think you can make a really respectable run in the tournament next week. And I'd say respectable being making it to Saturday without losing a game. That's kind of the bar for the Tigers, in my mind. If you lose a game, make it to the championship game, it, it's all it's all great. If you make it to the championship game, I think there's no doubt in my mind you get into a regional host slot. Because you're playing in the SEC and also you're going to be playing some really good teams. And that's kind of where it stands. And I mentioned this last week, but I'll say it again. This pitching staff is going to be the difference between going to Omaha and having a chance at winning the whole bleeping thing 
or losing in a super regional because I think a regional winning that that a lot like winning the Sun Belt West for the Cajuns except for this season because Texas State wound up being a really damn good program. It feels like a birthright for this LSU team any year. They'll wind up making it to the Super Regionals almost a guaranteed T. And I think there's a very good chance that LSU is going to get into that Super Regional, probably get their face crushed in against somebody like a Texas State. Because they're currently pegged to be in the Lubbock Regional with Texas Tech. Now, is that etched in stone? I don't think so. I think there's a very good chance, again, winning today and securing a series sweep over a top 20 team, that helps you out a ton. Now you wonder what this means for LSU going forward because they got the SEC tournament. And I was looking it up, and they actually are heading into the final day of the action. They're the fifth seed in the SEC tournament and would play the late game on Tuesday if it happens, because, of, because, again, I mentioned earlier, there is a lot of rain in the forecast this time next Tuesday for the SEC tournament. Again, we all know how Hoover loves to throw a monkey wrench into every little thing. It's just sometimes the nature of the beast. But, again, for what it's worth, things are set up really nicely for them. It'd be great to have a top 4C get that by. But it just didn't happen. Again, that Ole Miss series cost you. I think also maybe losing some games along the way, only taking two out of three against some teams that were a little bit lesser, kind of hurt you as well in that sense. Again, who knows how it's going to happen. You don't even know who you're going to be playing because that's a little chaotic in terms of who gets the 12 seed. Mizzou, if they win today, I think they'll wind up clinching the number 12 seed and you'll be playing Mizzou in the first round in a winner-go-home situation. Now we get to the Cajuns. That at-large ship has sailed. Seriously. That at-large ship has sailed. You get swept by Texas State, a very good Texas State team. But you think about it. They are a Sun Belt team. Their record is they will never have. I would I I'll gladly eat my hat, eat crow here on this show if we see three. Sunbelt teams get an at-large bid. Three teams, I get it, I would be shocked. It would also mean some things happen in the tournament, which I'll talk about in a moment. But the Cajuns losing the way they did against Texas State, that hurt them a lot. Maybe not as bad as losing to Little Rock on Thursday night and now you have a rubber match later today. You need to win that series to even have a snowball's chance in hell of even sniffing it. But I still think that at-large ship has sailed in my mind. And it's just the fact the selection committee will always look down on the Sun Belt Conference in the current construct it's in. Does that change next year when we see Southern Miss added to the mix? Does it change with Marshall, James Madison? Old Dominion. Does it change with those programs? I don't know. I think there's a very good shot where it does change because of that. But we need to see how it all kind of comes together. Because you need to do a lot more than just win easy. That's the whole thing. You need to not win 
just a couple games in the tournament. You need to win the whole damn thing in my book. And that's always how I've been this entire season. I was hearing, you know, our guy Matt Miguez host of Miguez and Mesh here on the game, and we talked about it. Is how much of a shot the Cajuns have of getting into the tournament. And he's mentioned, oh, they're probably gonna have three teams getting in the tournament. I just can't see that happening. I honestly think the only way the Cajuns get in is if they win the whole darn thing. And it's because of the way they kind of limped out of the Texas State series, getting swept. That was a big blow to this team. Can they get it back into control? Possibly. But it's going to require you winning the whole darn thing. Because I don't think we see more than one team get in. And it'd be only if Texas State gets eliminated in the Sun Belt Tournament. Because I think they have absolutely earned an at-large bid. And for what it's worth, the Cajuns, the good news is they're playing as a four seed and they may be playing on Wednesday. They're playing Coastal. That's the bad news because that team has won five of the last six heading into the final day of the season. And, again, that's momentum, which absolutely is what you don't want to see if you're the Cajuns or any other team for that matter is seeing a team that is getting hot at this point in the season because the Cajuns were set up to do that. They were on a hot streak before that sweep. That sweep let out the sails. If you want up just taking one of those games, if you lose the series, fine, it happens. But I think winning at least one of those two games would have been great for this program and getting them back on track. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we got a lot more to get to here. We're going to talk to some PGA Championship with our good friend Cam Rogers. We join the program in just a few moments, and you're listening to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We're back after this. The world famous CD may be in his 30s, but he's still a kid at heart. <laughs> now, let's get back to a guy that has an unhealthy obsession with a number that offensive linemen wear with Under the Dome with the world famous CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest, Southwest Louisiana's Louisiana Sports Station. Station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. And if you haven't already, seriously, today is the day that you join the game clubhouse. You get in all of the fun of the clubhouse. You hear me talk about it a lot here on this show, and you hear about it all the time on this station. But trust me, this is absolutely loaded with great things, including a chance to win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House or a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse, one of the best restaurants in the entire doggone state. But you can only score that by entering the Game Clubhouse and joining today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It is simple to join, and more importantly, it's free. You don't have to spend any money. You just go ahead, sign up, Go in, collect some points, because points are a lot like currency. Consider it almost like Bitcoin, but it's easier to understand. So go sign up today. 
at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today for a chance to win some fantastic prizes, again, including a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse inside Cypress Bayou Casino Hotel or a $50 gift certificate to Half Show at Oyster House. All this food talk, it's 9.30 in the morning, and I'm already getting hungry. Maybe I can kind of take care of some of those hunger pangs by having a good conversation, good balanced conversation about the sport of golf, a gentleman's sport, and let's get some PGA Championship talk going on here on the program. And to do that, I've got to bring back a good friend of the program. He is the host of the Lock It In podcast, and without a doubt, one of, if not the biggest Tiger Woods fan that I know, and he is one Cam Rogers. Cam, how you doing, brother? What's up, CD? Happy Saturday morning to you, sir. Happy Saturday to you as well, my man. It is a fantastic Saturday here, and I'm sure it's great for you as well because, again, we got round three getting underway. A lot of the big names playing a little bit later today. And the first name that's come to mind, Will Zalatoris, a guy you talked to us about a while back during the Masters tournament when he remade his big splash in the PGA after spending some time in the Corn Ferry Tour. He played like a man on a mission during round two, securing the top spot heading into moving day. How impressed are you by what he's done, especially when you think about how quickly he's jumped onto the scene in the last year? Yeah, he's been absolutely impressive, especially key to green. His iron game is absolutely amazing. The only bugaboo with his game is his putter, and that has sort of held him back in some of these major championships as far as not actually winning them is concerned. But the putter this week is working for him, and he is an absolute gamer. I mean, we're talking about a guy who just in his second major championship start, he was tied for sixth at the U.S. Open back in 2020, second at the Masters in 2021, T6 this year, T8 at the PGA back in 21 as well. So this is a guy who loves the big stage, does not shy away from it, thrives in it, and he's there at the top of the board at 900 par. He was not on my radar per se because of that putter, but he must have found something this week during the practice rounds because it's working this week. So what you're saying is Will Zalatoris is a lot like Happy Gilmore when he's facing off against Shooter and starting to learn how to putt. Exactly. And you know what? You see that a lot from these elite ball strikers like Justin Thomas, Hideki Matsuyama, Will Zalatoris. All these guys are so great tee to green that like, it's really hard to be good with your putter too when you're so elite tee to green. You don't really focus on the flat stick so much. And then, you know, that part of the game sort of drops off a bit. But when you find it in that given week, that's when those guys are dangerous. I'm talking about John Rahm as well. He's somebody who can find a hot putter and for Will Zalatoris, yes, very happy Gilmore this week. He can actually pipe it off the tee, too. He's a wiry guy, but creates so much lag, so much compression on the golf ball that he hits it pretty far. Talk right now with Cam Rogers, host of the Lock It In podcast and one of the best golf heads that I know. Let's get into one of the big surprises of this PJ Championship already. Scotty Scheffler, the man that has just been on an absolute tear, winning tournaments left, right, and sideways. He missed the cut. Very hot start to 2022. Was this the most surprising thing to come out of the action yesterday? You know, honestly, it's not all that surprising, albeit I had him inside my top 10 going into this week. So that is not to say that I thought he was going to miss the cut. But we're talking about a guy who was on an absolute heater, won the Masters tournament, probably partied, relaxed, was with family and friends, 
you know, took it easy a little bit, maybe put the clubs in the closet. They collected some dust a little bit, and here he is at the PGA Championship. And, you know, it's totally understandable for him to miss the cut in that given week because it's just so hard in this day and age of the PGA Tour to be so consistent for a long period of time. I'm talking about multiple top tens, multiple wins in a short time span because this PGA Tour CD is so deep. Colin Morikawa, Brooks Kepka. Look at Will Zellatoris right now, Xander Shockley, Justin Thomas. It's so darn hard to be like Tiger of 2002, right, when he was winning everything because the PGA Tour wasn't as deep back then. It certainly is now, and so totally understandable for Scotty Scheffler to be slamming the trunk on a Friday evening at a PGA Championship just because he's been on a heater and, you know, the dip was going to happen at some point, but no concerns long-term, obviously, for him. No doubt, no doubt. I can't wait to see what Scotty Scheffler does next. Flipping over to another name that kind of popped up, Bubba Watson feels like a dark horse, had one of the best second rounds on Friday, a seven under. What's it going to take for him to kind of get close to Zalatoris and Pereira, who are kind of the two leaders in the clubhouse heading into today's action? He feels like a guy that could be a dark horse if you're placing some shekels down on this. And we'll talk about maybe some of the betting odds a little bit later. But, yeah, let's get to Bubba Watson. What do you think about his odds of getting back into kind of that top three range? Yeah, he's the ultimate feast or famine guy on the PGA Tour, right? I mean, you look at his major championship resume, he has two Masters wins, right? And then only three other additional top fives in major championships. Like, a ton of miscuts, ton of, like, T51, T37. So, like, he sort of has been struggling for the last few years in terms of, you know, success on the PGA Tour. And here he is coming out of nowhere, firing a great second-round score. He's number one in this field, CD, in terms of strokes gained T to green. He's going to have to have that again today, another elite day. T to green, make some putts, make some birdies, try to put some pressure here on Will Zalatoris. But something says to me that Will Zalatoris is much like Scotty Scheffler in that he's unflappable, he's not too worried about being talked about as that pole position guy, if you will, on a Saturday. Will Zellatoris, I don't think, will shy away from that. But for Bubba Watson, absolutely, he's going to have to have another great tee to green display here today and really put some pressure on Will as best as he can. But again, just the sheer fact that Bubba Watson is fourth right now at the PGA Championship, by the way, a PGA Championship that he only has one top ten at, is pretty remarkable stuff, especially considering – he didn't really come into this week with a lot of good recent form. I'd agree with you. It's all right now with Cam Rogers, host of the Lock It In podcast. And then let's get to your boy, Tiger Woods. He is yeah. absolutely one of the big headlines in this because he seemed to tweak something on 18 in round one. A round I think he'd much rather forget. I'm surprised he didn't withdraw from the tournament after that injury. He rebounds and stays just above the cut line at three over. The big cat may not be as good as he once was, but considering the circumstances, it's still impressive, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, perspective matters here. We're talking about a guy who nearly got his leg amputated just a year ago, and here he is playing major championship golf. And, oh, by the way, putting himself through some pretty bad pain situations, as you alluded to, to your point, like he is not 100% out there. I mean, he's hobbling around a little bit, uh, clearly is – just dealing with pain day in and day out and doing the best he can to sort of mitigate it. But he is not 100%. And the sheer fact that he's out there fighting, trying to win a PGA Tour event, is just remarkable in its own right. I did not think 
he was going to make the cut this week. I was pretty, you know, uh, taking a step back, if you will, in terms of his chances here this week. Even though I love the guy and I'm rooting for him always, I thought, eh, maybe this would be a difficult track for him to walk. It's a very long golf course. This is a big field, 156 players, but credit to him for making the weekend. And, you know, if you want to dig into the stats, he's just been okay across the board, sort of an average sort of week for him. He's not really doing anything amazing. If anything, it's the putter that's really scathing him. He really grinded it out yesterday to make the cut. So really impressive stuff there. But again, I mean, you'll be watching everybody listening. I'm sure the telecast today and Tiger Woods is not the Tiger Woods of 2010, 2005, really any other year. I mean, he is really, really gutting it out there at maybe 65, 70%, but he's built different. I mean, Woods, Brady, Jordan, these athletes are built different, and he is really just impressing me before my eyes, the sheer fact that he made the cut here at the PGA Championship, and I'm sure we'll see him next month at the U.S. Open and hope for better fortunes there. Maybe he can can contend at the uh, Country Club in Brookline, Mass. How wild is it that Phil Mickelson isn't part of the action? I know he's kind of trying to get that Saudi league set up and everything, but seeing not be part of the PJ championship is kind of weird, right? Oh, it's super bizarre. I mean, surreal, bizarre, whatever adjective you want to throw out there probably fits in terms of that realm of descriptions because we're talking about a guy who won the PGA championship last year on the biggest golf course in major championship history in terms of yardage at the age of 50 and then not showing up the next year to defend that title. I mean, just think about the past 365 days for Phil, going back to the top of the mountain, if you will, as a major champion, and now sort of being thrown through the mud here in terms of the controversies that he's created for himself. Like, the comments that he made were awful, and he really needs to figure out a way in which to rectify that situation. But it is really weird that he is not here at the PGA Championship, by the way, Super striking to me to see Tiger Woods earlier this week during his press conference seriously, like, just say out loud, no, I haven't touched base with Phil since those comments. No, we have a difference of opinion. Like, he sort of drew a line in the sand and said, I do not agree with Phil Mickelson. And that was surprising to me because Tiger is typically pretty political with his responses. So he could have just said, oh, I don't want to get into that. But no, like, he took a stand and was like, I'm not with Phil on this. And so... Bill's got a lot of questions to answer. I'll tell you this. We'll have our answer pretty soon. The first live golf event is June 9th. He's either going to play that or, or it could be and or the U.S. Open next month as well, where he will try to complete the career grand slam. So we'll see Phil pretty soon. He's got to figure out what he wants to do in terms of play on this live golf tour or the PGA tour. But we will see him soon. I can guarantee that. Got about 30 seconds left here, Cam, and I want to get into some of the sports betting aspects of this. Give me a couple names if you're willing to throw some shekels on this weekend to be able to kind of win this whole darn thing. Yeah, a couple of live bets for you, CD. Justin Thomas there at six under par. I think he is due for a major championship. It's been way too long. Really due for a win, so I like him as well as my pick to win, Rory McIlroy, going into this week at four under par. He is the master of major championships on the weekend. Really good in terms of finding fire on a Saturday and Sunday. So I think he can make some success here this week and maybe win this thing. And then I would keep an eye on Stuart Sink at three under par. I mean, he's a nice dark horse, 250 to one going into this week, tied for eighth, only six shots back. If he has a good day today, could be a lot of value on Sundays. So look at Stuart Sink as well. 
Cam, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Enjoy the rest of this PGA Championship weekend, brother. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the weekend. All right, Cam Rogers, everybody. Appreciate him joining the program, host of the Lock It In podcast. You can follow him on the Twitter sphere at Mr. Rogers99. Absolutely love having him on. Talk some golf because honestly, he knows a lot more about it than yours truly. We'll take a quick timeout. Speaking of bets, I've got my Fave Five picks to click. I'll get to that when we come back right here on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. The world-famous CD always has his eyes on the lines out in Las Vegas. Hit me 20. Hit me 21. Hit me 22. Here's his five favorite bets for the weekend. Will he make you rich beyond your wildest dreams? Or will you be cursing him out after he goes 0 for 5? Let's find out on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And to kind of recap, last weekend was a pavon with the $5 parlay bet. Hadn't done that in a while, actually, the, the recap. Because most weeks it doesn't end well. Because, you know, it's a five-leg parlay. Those don't necessarily always cash out all that well. Trust me, I've learned from history. But this past weekend was Pavon. I had the Astros, Yankees, Reds, Hurricanes, and Maple Leafs. The only one that cashed was the Hurricanes against the Boston Bruins, a team, a team I used to actually like, but I'm much more of a Pins fan because, after all, they do have a Domang on the roster. But let's get down to it and get to my Fave 5 picks to click for this weekend in the world of sports before we get out of here in hour number one. First off, we got to go with the Eastern Conference Finals matchup, Game 3. And I got to say, the points will be flowing in this one. Over 208, that feels like an easy cash there at minus 110. We'll go to the sport of baseball with these next two. The Toronto Blue Jays taking on the Cincinnati Reds at 207. I've got the Blue Jays getting the win over a lowly Reds team that I, I couldn't believe this when I saw this on Sunday. Lost a game despite throwing a no-hitter. How do you do that? Somehow the Reds did it. They find ways to lose. So I got to go with the Blue Jays winning there. It's JV day for the Astros. Big ups to our winner for the first Astros we can get away later on today. She'll be seeing Justin Verlander on the bump for Houston taking on the Rangers. Give me JV day for the W. Minus 255 odds there. Let's get some UFC talk for a moment. Minus 240, Holly Holm. I think she gets the win in tonight's UFC Fight Night main event over Ketlin Vieira. That feels like a tomato can type match. So minus 240 odds feels like easy money there. And one more for good measure. We talked about the PJ Championship. I'll throw down some money on Will Zalatoris to finish in the top 10 at minus 700 odds. It's pretty doggone easy. You know, again, it's pretty easy. And, you know, 
the thing is with this, it's there's a dead heat, meaning tie reduction and winnings rules may apply if golfers tie, which I wouldn't be surprised if that actually happens. But I think a top ten finish for Willis Zalatoris is in the offing. Feels like easy money. A simple $5 parlay, this nets you $29.63 if all this hits. And I have some confidence in this one this week. Again, JV Day, the Blue Jays playing the Reds, Heat Celtics have been like shooting the you-know-what out of the ball all postseason. And I think Holly Holm, again, playing a tomato can. This feels like I'm not going to use Big Cat from Barstool Sports' phrase because I'm sure I'll get a cease and desist from the man, but I got to say, this feels like a parlay, I like use a phrase I said at the beginning of the show, a parlay that is too big to fail. We'll go ahead and take a quick time out on that note. Got the sports update coming up, and then hour two comes up next, and we're going to start off looking ahead to the college football season. Is I think we got a lot more spice in the schedule than you may think. And we'll talk about that next right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and we're back after this.